First things first, how are you? I'm great, man. Uh, busy, busy, but, you know. Well, thank you for taking the time, then. Yeah, no, thank Let, you for having me. Thank let's you. jump straight into it, because what I find very interesting, the way you came up in music, I mean, uh, you got introduced to soul and all kinds of music by your parents. Then you tr uh, played in all kinds of different bands, from rock to metal even and everything. When did you start to find your own voice? I, I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm still finding okay. it, you know. I feel like a, I feel like it's an everlasting search that um, um, just you know continue to happen. I feel like a, the second that you know that you've you're there or you found it or you're perfect, you you know you there's nothing. You're not a student to life anymore, right? Or a student to the craft. And I hope that I'm continuously, forever finding my voice and finding something that is because I. I listen to my I listen to things that I did even two years ago, and it's just like I don't feel like that person at all anymore. Or my voice is like that at all, you know. It's like it's the growth just continues to happen. So I I'm just uh, it's quite nuts to have to like sing songs too that you're like about an ex girlfriend that you're just not in that feeling anymore. But thank God they pay the bills. But also you got to get back to that mindset every night, which is tough because I'm like I'm not, I'm not still thinking about her. I've moved on, you know. <laughs> but there, there, there will be people who remind you of that feeling. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's beautiful, man. I couldn't be happier. Uh, that's great to hear. So what I find interesting then about the, your development, did you really work at your craft in, in a sense in terms of, because I know you played gigs everywhere, like yeah. weddings and everything. So what yeah. was that grind like? Uh, every day, just just every day, I wanted to be. I needed to be in a studio. I needed to be singing somewhere. I, I just can't stop singing. I can't. I can't stop running my mouth for that matter, man. Even <laughs> even days where it's like take a day off. It's just I love to communicate. You know, there's there's ways to communicate. I get so lucky to be able to sing to communicate feelings. So I think all I just every day, and I'm I'm very fortunate to have people with me that were my best friends from school that wanted the, the same drive and had the same drive to, to, to help me through it and get through it because I was I was doing everything I could to be heard by anyone in any any facet. I, I always I always like like to think of myself as uh, if if I wasn't going to be the best in this genre, I just want to be the second best at everything. Yeah, you know, that's it. If I can if I can go out as the second best at everything ever, then I'll be fine with that. <laughs> I'll be silver, you know, it's totally fine. Did you have somebody in mind who was the number one? Did, did you have somebody you kind of worked with? I, man, I I think Michael Jackson was the mm. biggest pop icon, the biggest icon in the world. You know, sure. it's just, no one got more famous than that. And strangely enough, uh, Michael Jordan for me is is mm. I that just I yeah, run my life off of. <laughs> I want to be Michael Jordan of, of of anything for that matter. You know, I, he's he's really the that and. The, Lil Wayne, I think, is okay. the sole reason I even started tattooing my face and got my eyelids tattooed. Because uh, I think I think the first thing that really made me want to do music is when I was in ninth grade and the Carter Three came out, and that was just like, even though I'm singing and not <laughs> rapping, but I, the Carter Three is just you know just never get that famous as he was in 2008. <laughs> like you know he was so famous. It was, sure. Well, that's an interesting thing, because now that you have had some success and you're tasting that fame in a sense, I mean, I don't know how much you get recognized, but was, is it like you expected it to be, to be kind of in the public eye? You know, I, I, um, it is, and I love, I love every second of it. You know, there are definitely those, those times where, um, and I'm doing it on a small scale, you know, I might get seen or noticed 
two or three times in an okay. airport or something. And sometimes I feel like people will notice me because they'll give me a look. But I also don't know sometimes if they notice I'm Teddy Swims mm. or just because I'm fucking crazy looking. <laughs> you know, or if they're like, they're just like noticing me like, that guy's been through some shit, you know, or, or if they know I'm Teddy Swims. So it's kind of... I, 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 I will always say that there is those times where it's like 6 a.m. in the airport or, you know, you're just getting off the bus after a long night on a ferry and you, you're coming in. And if there's I, I always like make sure I promise myself that there ever is anyone that ever stops and says, hi, you know, I love you. I love your music that, I, you know, you, you turn around and you put the face on no matter how shitty you feel or tired you are, because I feel like if you're if you are signing up to do this job and you don't have that time in your day to do it. I, you just like maybe you shouldn't be doing this job, you know. You should really. It's it's about giving back to the people that are put put me in that place, you know. If somebody sure. listens to my songs, that's how I make a living. So it's the least I could do is take five seconds out of my day to make their life the best. Like you know, you make someone's whole year by taking five seconds, sure. right? So I think this it is exactly what I wanted it to be in that sense, you know. And I love that. But there's certain things about the job I didn't know I was signing up for, like. Uh, you, you miss funerals and birthdays and weddings and births all together, you know. Sure. And so that's that's tough. Is like missing out a lot of time with your family. But uh, knowing I'm coming home to somebody and somebody's proud is is worth that, you know, every day. So sounds great. What is one of the best things that maybe just somebody came up to you and said to you about your music? Man, I I, I get I get this all the time in our meet and greets too, and. Um, it's 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 someone getting through a loss of, of a significant other, you know. Uh, I, I just had this guy the other day at a meet and greet. He came up and he gave me this, he gave me the funeral paper of uh, you know her, her obituary and everything was in it. And he had just got married to her like the year before that. And um, they got married to dance for my song "Still the Ones" and simple things in their wedding. And they had and they used them also in her funeral. And he came and you know gave me the pamphlet and. Um, it was like she met, was meant to come with me because we just got married to your stuff last year and mm -hmm. she passed away from leukemia. And um, he's like, your music, you know, also like reminds me of her and it feels like when I listen to it, I still have her. And it's like, it is, it's this kind of things like that where you're like, like it gets me all like already, you know, choked up just thinking about that kind of stuff. You get like to really help someone through a time and feel like they're close to that person. and. And you don't know that you're doing that kind of work, you know. You don't mm -hmm. know that you're helping people like that. So it's uh, it's, it's the magic of music. It's, it's a very it, interesting. It is. It's getting me all worked up talking about it. But <laughs> I like, I'll never get tired of hearing that, man. And that was, that was so much of what we don't get to see when during the pandemic. You know, when mm -hmm. you didn't get to meet people or see anyone, you, we just looked at numbers on a on a YouTube. You know, like sure, it's if it didn't hit a million, screen, then yeah. we suck. You know, and <laughs> and you don't realize that even twenty thousand. People clicking a button is like still changing somebody's life, you know, and sure. it's not about them numbers every time, you know. Let's jump into the album then, because you mentioned kind of the, the last two years and obviously it was difficult for uh, many people, but for you it almost seems like a, a good time to write. So, so what was your mindset as you were kind of sitting at home and kind of having this time on your hands? Keeping busy, man. I'd like uh, <laughs> just avoiding all problems and just running away from them through work. <laughs> <laughs> Tequila and work, that's it, baby, you know what I mean? So, uh, but I, I was, yeah, I was very grateful for the time. Like I said, I was, I think I was one of the fortunate people to be able to have my, my crew with me that has been in my bands for 
10 plus 15 years, you know? So yeah. when, when the pandemic and stuff happened, it was perfect time to write, but it was also, I still had a crew with me at all times. That was, we was able to, you know, stick close knit together and it, it didn't feel like my life really stopped, you know? And this is the elephants, right? Yeah, and they okay. still play with me today, man. They're just uh, going by freak freely now. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, when you started thinking about releasing a debut record, because you released a couple EPs, you had some great uh, success with doing covers and, and uh, singles by yourself. When you started thinking about what the first kind of body of work would be, the first kind of coherent piece of music that you would bring out in an album, where did your thoughts go and, and what was kind of the, the starting point of all of You know, it's, it's quite strange because we've, we've just been writing and writing and writing like senselessly for four years now, right? Mm. And I mean, I'm probably somewhere at a hard drive of four or 500 songs. It's okay. just, we just go for it, you know? And um, I think when it came down to, I have ideas when I know something special, you know, like I'll, I'll save it to the side. And, you know, I, so when we started trying to put together a cohesive body of work, it really was, um, it was really about like diving into listening to a whole, putting myself through a demo jail forever mm. and trying to find like, songs that would cohesively go but i i find that i kind of still write around the same thing all the time you know i'm circling the same feelings and emotions so no matter what body of work i put together i feel like it comes true to me but it wasn't until like two weeks before we needed the album was it like we got to just go through these songs and put <laughs> something together you know yeah and so but while i was doing that i was finding a story really come together and in a chronological order really happened, you know, and it was like it, it art just made itself, you know, it just uh, imitates life in a way. Or yeah, I was gonna say there is a, chrono a chronology to it because you see, you see all the, the, the ups and downs in the relationship that yeah, you totally. go through. But uh, you mentioned kind of this is the theme that you kind of come back to a lot of the times. Why is that? Do you, do you know why that is? I think, I think the only thing important to me in my life is uh, either either making love or crying about losing it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's all there is to it. It's like I uh, just this love and, and, and my ups and downs with my beliefs and in it at all, you know, is uh, um, we're this, the human experience in its entirety, you know, that's all it is, is love, it's all there is. This, that's the only thing I think matters to me, so right. that's why my songs will always be love songs. That's the only thing important. But it's very interesting that you, you do walk that line between all the darkness of love and all the, all the difficult things that, yeah. that are involved with yeah, being yeah. in the, <laughs> just, to find love. That's what most of love is, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of patience. So. <laughs> But, uh, so let, let's jump into a, a couple of songs because, uh, I, like I said, there is that cr chronology because you start with some things I'll never know and lose control, but then you have the door, and the door is one of those for, for me those songs where you kind of get over it and kind of okay, yeah. I can show you door, I'm kind of getting through it. What was your mindset when you wrote that? Do you remember? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of one of those things. So a lot of these songs too are written in a camp together, and okay. very fortunate to man, you know, Schwiez and. Uh, Julian Bunetta, John Ryan, Mickey Echo, man, my great dear friend Marcus Lowman. I just, I just, I've, I had such a good crew around me. My best friend Jesse, who was in Elephants, has played with me my whole life. He comes everywhere with me, and uh, um, that song in particular was uh, was one of those songs where you know, especially coming from Loose Control, where it it was kind of about. I was in a relationship for a long time, and where where Loose Control kind of spins from is uh, that. This relationship had become very toxic because mm. our our entire relationship kind of turned into getting 
getting fucked up together, you know, where we we were drinking, we were doing cocaine, we were, we were, our whole life was just on a high, and every come down was just tragic, you know, and sure. we kept, we, so it came to our point where our life turned into that, and it turned very, very toxic, and I feel like um, the door was, for me, as a, as, as a breaking point where, when you're in a place of a toxic relationship and you're a place where you don't know how you can get out and there's no end in sight and you don't know how you can break out and you're you're at a spot where you fought for something for so long that letting it go now even seems stupid you might as well keep fighting and you just don't know where there's an end and eventually you hit that breaking point where it's going to kill you or you've got to let it go right. and so i think the door for me was that that I, and I had that in my relationship where it was just that cut off moment where I have to save my life here. I'm going to die and I can't die with you. If sure. I'm, just, I'm not going to die with you, you know. No, that's, that's the line I wrote down tonight. I saved my life when I showed you the door. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's totally bad. This, this is just some philosophical question, but I'm very interested in it. Why do you think people pursue those toxic relationships? Ah, man, I don't know. You let me know when I, you figure it out, because I, 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 I still do. I think, I think we're, it's trauma somewhere, you know? It's deep down trauma. It's yeah. a, what you feel like you're worth in the, you feel like you're not worth love or something, or, I see, I can't tell you um, why I named my album. Um, you know, I tried everything with therapy, because of the, the, being terrified of the okay. idea of therapy, because I feel like uh, it would be good for everyone, especially me, but there's a, there's questions like that that I don't really know if I want the answers to yet. You know what I mean? So I, like, I kind of like my coping mechanism. So I think <laughs> I'm just going to continue to choose that for a little bit longer and then put it off as long as I can. But uh, that, yeah, as far as choosing toxic, I, I don't know. It's a pattern that you just stay stuck in. And um, maybe if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be doing it. Fair enough, but there, there are, I would say, other forms of therapy, and I, I think songwriting and performing for people is one as well, and, and it's, it can be very meditative and very cathartic. So, can you, for somebody who, is, who isn't a musician, who isn't playing football, what, what is that feeling? We kind of talked about the effect you can have with, uh, on people with your music, but what is that feeling to be in front of people and to kind of share it, those things? It is, it is the only place in my life that I am not... Um, riddled with anxiety and and nervousness it's my one place where i can i feel like it's my living room right here you know at home i feel i feel at home and at peace there and i feel i'm understood and it's a safe space and and i get to create that safe space for people to all come in and join together and you see people that don't know each other loving on each other and all connected through one thing that is my my child emotions you know what I mean like I'm just a just emotional toddler up there babbling on and making fart jokes and people are there to, to witness and love me for that and I'm, I think there's just nothing in the world like I would just I, I don't care if there's three people or three million it's like the best feeling in the world is that somebody would give a shit about what I have to say well, because that's that's always when you start out, right? There's always that doubt in your mind, like, will people give a shit? Every time, always, yeah. And then you've played in, and I, I read somewhere in a different interview, you said that kind of, I played in, in many bands where people didn't give a shit, and now, since you did the YouTube thing, people started caring. So did that add a, uh, a bit of pressure, and even where oh, you are now? Oh, yes. But, dude, I think I think it's, it's so weird to me, because I felt like when I didn't, like, nobody gave a shit, I was so certain that I was like, the best 
I was so certain that I was born for this when no one gave a shit, but then as soon as people started giving a shit, I got so much more nervous about it and so more scared and so more like, you would think that would, that would give you the purpose and the drive to like, be like, okay, I have reassurance, I'm good now, but I think the more reassurance I get, the more scared I become, you know? It's kind of, it's kind of a weird uh, catch-22 in a sense, you know? Like I, I'm, I'm just very self-critical about the things that, um, that I want people to know about. Okay, here's the way I'll put it. Like you can't, you can't, you can't control why people love you, and that really bothers me sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes I'll I'll see something going well, maybe a cover doing great, but not my son doing or whatever it is, or somebody loving this version of me, but it's not what I want them to love me for. And instead of just being appreciative and being like, they love me at all, be grateful. I'm like. Oh, you love that song? Fuck you, you don't know me at all. You know, and it's so silly that I would have that kind of ego, like that mentality to someone that loves me, you know? And so I, it's, it's, a lot of, um, it's a lot of retraining my brain to relearning, unlearning certain things and, and learning to like, that I can be special to somebody and it's, there's, there's a version of me that I see and there's a version of me that you see and everyone else has, you know? And there's billions of versions of me that, people make I who I am to them. Right. And that's, I, I should be okay with that. I'm not like trying to control the narrative all the time. Cause I can't, I it's can't, impossible. I can't, I can't, I can't make sure people while I'm on stage don't post weird angles of me where I'm like fat and ugly. I'm like, fuck it. I just gotta let go of, of like trying to control this, manipulate this narrative. It's not sure. possible. It's just not. There's one other song I, I like to delve into because you kind of ma- uh, mentioned um, you're happy in your relationship now that it's none of my business but that's what you just just now said but there's a song on the album and it's probably my favorite um uh where is it you still get to me which oh, i find no, no. which I yeah find, you like that one yeah because it's it's such a universal feeling there's always kind of and it doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship but there's this this person that you sometimes think about or that still has a place in your heart even though you haven't spoken for years, maybe. So it's 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 very relatable, at least for me, it was. Uh, so what was the origins of that song? So um, I have I had an ex girlfriend, and uh, her name's it was Paige, and um, we used to. She's got a kid now, and uh, still blocked on everything. So I hope hope she's doing good. But uh, so there's there was this song by a dear friend of mine named Mac Ayers, and the song's called Roses. And um, so we would we would always when there was. You know, whether we were at a party or there was a group of people, one of us could get on the DJ and play that song, Roses, and we would know it, that song was on to find each other. Mm. And it was like the world would stop when we listened to that song. And the thing was, is um, now when I hear that song, and it was a song I loved, it's a song that will always bring me back to that moment. Like, you can almost physically like smell perfume sure. or something when you hear it, right? And so it's it's just kind of based off the feeling that like there are songs I love that I can't listen to anymore, <laughs> you know. And that was my song that I showed to her, so I was like mine way before hers. And then now it's our song, and it's like I just can't I can't hear it. Even time I hear it come on, I'm like, guys, you got to just turn that off. I don't want to hear that. Like I, because I, I there's just a piece of it is, um, and. We kind of also utilized in that song, uh, Still the One by Shania. We kind of mm. made that song for that purpose. So it says, you're not still the one, but you still get to me. Because Still the One was a, you know, it, it did a lot right. for me in my career and, and growing up on YouTube. So, um, but yeah, that song in its entirety is that, that, that one song or that, 
that going back to my hometown and that seeing that one spot or seeing seeing this restaurant it was just like I can't even eat at anymore. The memory like, flooded. Yeah, you know, it just it just keeps you back in that place and so gotta get out, just had to leave my hometown altogether, you know. What's it like when you sing some of these songs then? Does does it bring you back? Yeah, it does a lot, man. Um there's a song in particular, Some Things I'll Never Know, that starts the record and I still have yet to be able to sing that without crying. I okay. it was the first song I ever recorded where I sobbed recording it and it was just like It, it's just still, it's like, it's, it's like a weird manipulative, like on your mind fuck that you got to like go back and really capture that feeling. It's, uh, I always say singing is a lot more acting than it is singing, you know, it's, uh, at least to me, um, I think I'm always trying to get back to that spot and, and be in that moment and that feeling. And even though I'm past that feeling, it's kind of tough to, dive back into that and, and go back right. to a place where you haven't, I don't think you ever can fully get closure on anything if you want to do this life, you know? Yeah. No, but I agree <laughs> that if you, if you want to transfer the emotion yeah. honestly, then you need to tap into to where you, that yeah. came you from. Yeah, you gotta make sure you just never get closure on anything, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is why avoiding therapy is so important. <laughs> One last question before I let you go. Um, One thing I really like uh, about the album is a lot of modern music, I, it, to me at least, it feels a little bit overproduced and, and then things become a bit muddied. But with your album, there, there is some, some uh, more quiet uh, moments and you can really hear your voice. Was that a, a deliberate effort to kind of put your... Now, see, as far as production goes, that's, you know, I'm, I'm so, so, so fortunate that there's John Ryan, Julian Bunetta, man, Ammo, uh, Stu Cry and I'm 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 just grateful to be surrounded by guys that are, you know, not only write these songs with me but know how to. I I I again Julian Bunetta has been my my father through the last four years on this music, and is like it's always he's been a part of everything and he's produced and and, and taught me how to we'll have we'll have drag out battles about 1 p.m one bpm differences <laughs> and i didn't know one bpm is that much different and then sure enough by the time the song comes out it'll be split in half like 1.5 faster and he, <laughs> he knows feeling his feeling is just like his gut is just the best so you know it's I, I'm, i'm grateful to have just people with good guts and we're following our gut no matter what you know sounds good man uh thank you so much for thank you bro talk with me. yeah bro